1: everybody welcome back to another episode of veterans minimum i'm your host nick Diaz, not to be confused with the ufc fighter nick diaz as my guest today oday osborne was confused when he pulled up he's like yo how do you say your last name man is that a typo like
2: yeah, get that all the time so
1: <laughs> i'm not offended at all
2: <laughs> i had to i had to double take like when i saw nick and i saw dais instantly i thought nick diaz and i was like no, that doesn't say that's not the. That's, I was like, because I was gonna be like, yo, you got the same last
1: name as Nadia's, like that's dope, but
2: it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I told uh, I told John, shout to John Orlando, he was on the show for uh, the Makachev card mm-hmm. with, with Charles, and we were talking about UFC because I got a big passion for the UFC, man. It's become like my favorite sport. You're a fighter too in the UFC, and I told him, I was like, dude, if I'm ever on your show. Feel like your audience is going to get a little taken back because at first they're going to see Nick Diaz. <laughs> they're going to be like, Oh shit, it's the fighter. John, yeah. not the fighter. Yep. And then they're going to see my mug and they're going to be like so disappointed in it not being me.
2: <laughs> but they're not though because your personality is like 20 times better than Nick Diaz's personality. So all you got to do is just show up, pretend to be Nick Diaz, show up and just <laughs> tell some jokes. You know, but you got to do super, super New York accents because
1: people love the New York accents. Yeah, I've been getting that a lot, bro, ever yeah. since I came out. You're, you're from there too, right? Yep.
2: I can't even, I can't really originally claim it though because I've only, I only lived there from the age of nine. So I
1: immigrated there
2: Okay. from Jamaica. Everybody from Jamaica mm. goes to New York first. There's way more Jamaicans, I swear to you, way more Jamaicans in New York than there are in Jamaica. Really? <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like, especially in Queens. Oh my goodness. Yeah, even that's been where Queens, I'm from. Yeah. All, yeah. You know all the Jamaicans. Yep yep, yep. yep. Exactly. The Jamaican stores, all everything Jamaica is 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 in Queens.
1: Yeah, man, it's the best. Like I always say, Queens is is the most diverse place in the world. Yeah. Uh, you walk down one boulevard, Ditmars Boulevard is where I grew up, and you'll see like, in a two block radius, you'll get twenty five different cultures and cuisines. Like you'll get Jamaican, Korean. Yep. Indian, Greek, Italian, French, like yep. all in the same block. And you're like, yo, what the hell? This is what makes it so so dope. No, but, for real. For real. But, man, we got connected over the weekend. We were watching the fights together. And uh, it, was, it was great because you had a line while you were watching the fights. You're, like, breaking it down and you're talking to everyone. And you're saying, yo, he got to do this. You know, he got to watch out for the left hook. He faints a lot. And the guy, like, he baits him in. But then at one point, you turn around and you're like, Yo, my bad. I'm being that guy at every <laughs> UFC party, every MMA card. There's always that one guy who just, he, Some sometimes they know, but it's yep. like annoying. Yeah. And man. you're like, yo, I hate being that guy. And then I was just like, yo, bro, if anyone's going to be yapping throughout a card, coming from an actual fighter that's yeah. been there, I give you a little bit of slack. Yeah, but, it, you know, sometimes
2: it's like, I don't ever tell people I fight for the UFC if I'm watching uh, fights around a lot of people. One, sometimes I want to watch the fights myself, mm. and two, um, you know, you you always get that one guy at in the in the venue that talks during the whole fight like they know everything, and in, in the back of my head, I'm like, you have no idea, you have no idea. There's like, cause there's so there's so much levels, you know, to oh, yeah. fighting, and I never want to be that annoying guy whenever the fights are going on, just talking about the fights and like breaking it down and like, you know, my ego showing. And so I always try to let people watch the fights, but sometimes, you know, it just comes out because I'm like, oh, ooh, you know, I mean? because there's, there's such a level to a simple jab, right? There's such a level to a simple jab that I know when somebody has a really good jab and another person hasn't been practicing their jab enough, You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'll be like, Ooh, they, they need to work their jab more. You know, it's just, there's, there's such levels to just a simple jab that the naked eye doesn't see. Like on the recoil, you know what I'm saying? If the hand comes back in right here, their jab is crispy. If they just comes out from, from here to here and it's like without them moving their body as much, that jab is crispy. But it's the guy that, that jabs and comes down and then brings his hands up. That needs that hasn't been working the jab a lot. You know what I'm saying? So uh, stuff like that, I look forward. I look for when I watch fighting. I'm like, okay, how's this Where's his hand coming? So pay attention next time you see you watch fights and somebody throws a jab. Pay attention to where his hands go right mm. after. So that's another uh, good tell.
1: Nah, that's dope, man. Because you also had said something when when someone's fighting, like how you never want to see your fighter throwing punches and they're like friend stuff like oh. You wanted like… And you were just demonstrating it uh, over there. And I yes. was like,
2: yo, that shit was fire the way you explained it. Yes. The word that I was using was uh, cerebral. Ooh, okay. So, you, you want to be as cerebral as possible when you're in the cage. How does that… Do you train that? You have to. Or is
1: it just to. something that you got? Uh,
2: some people have that um, naturally gifted… Like, I, I believe Michael Jordan was that person that was just… He was born with it, and he trained it. Right, uh, Floyd Mayweather, he's that person. You mm. know what I'm saying? He's so cerebral. Um, I think it was Dewey Cooper. He said, um, you know, you've seen Floyd in different situations where he's been hit or he's been hurt, you know, but you never see him break. You've never seen Floyd break. You never see him get out of position where he's, like, tensed up and angry. He's always composed and disciplined because, you know— like I said, in a fighting situation, the person who is the most, um, the person who tries to hit the hardest usually is, is, is probably the person that's going to get tired faster, right? Uh, the key to fighting is that you have to be able to hit very hard, very fast, while not trying to do that at the same time. And you have no idea how hard that is because the other person is trying to kick your fucking head off. I don't know if I'm a lot of curse on here. You are, yeah. I got the little <laughs> E next to the logo. You're good, okay. man. Let it let her fly. <laughs> so yeah, the, the other person is trying to kick your head off. So it's it's hard to be calm while you're in there. But if you can if you can get into that that flow state where you're just calm as a cucumber, man, you can really, really let it let it go and become a better version of yourself. Versus the person like uh, you know, Kevin Holland, the difference was he was so stiff, yeah, throwing his punches. And Wonder Boy was a step ahead of him every time because he saw everything. He wasn't—he wasn't even close. Kevin wasn't even close because Wonder Boy would
1: know you're gonna—you're gonna go. Okay, there it is. Uh, yep, there it is. You're gonna go. And you said something that was so—it blew my mind when it happened because you—you you said how the first round was gonna play out, and then you said the longer the fight goes, you're just gonna see Wonder Boy eat him up, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. What was so fascinating to me was hearing you say that and then it playing out because you said Wonderboy or a fighter like Wonderboy, they have their technique and they have their… System. System. Yeah, I was going to say game plan, but system. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to stay true to it where Holland was a little more wild. And you even said the only way he could beat him would be to try to catch him with Mm -hmm. those wild tendencies. And then to see that play out, dude, was insane to me because, again, that's why I like having your perspective because you've done that. And also, I had, I had the honor of having uh, Eric Nixick on my show. Mm-hmm. And Izzy's my favorite fighter. Yeah. And I've watched all of Izzy's fights from the first time that he debuted in the UFC up until his last one. Mm-hmm. And he broke down Adesanya in two minutes. And after that, I was like, bro, I just learned more about him in two minutes than I have the… Mm-hmm. I don't know how many fights he's had in the yeah. UFC. And then hearing you explain Wonderboy and Holland, I was like, damn, son, that shit is crazy.
2: Yes, but same same concept with uh, Izzy. The difference that what separates Izzy from everybody else is that they have a system. Dan Hooker, you saw how he won that last fight? Yeah. That wasn't just him fighting that guy and being lucky. That was a system. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Wonder Boy, he, he's got a striking system that he uses. You know what I'm saying? Um, the difference between his striking abilities and Holland's striking abilities is I would say... Holland is actually the more gifted fighter. He's more athletic. He's uh, probably stronger. You know what I saying? Mean? So on paper, Holland beats him, right? Yeah. But Holland just came up, you know, he came to fight. He didn't, he didn't come to be a martial artist. You have to be both. You can't just be a martial artist and you can't just be a fighter. You got to combine. You know what I'm saying? You got to have that, that grit when you need to have the grit and you have to have the flow when you need to have the flow. Now, Wonderboy was a martial artist that whole fight. He he stayed composed and he stuck to his system. Shoot him with the jab, back off. Let Kevin Holland swing wild. Shoot him with the one-two, back off. Let Kevin Holland swing wild. Fake the one-two, throw a head kick. Stuff like that. He had a system and he kept that system going. It was like Chinese water torture, man. Just trip, 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 trip. And Kevin just broke. But Kevin, uh, man, I was disappointed though. I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed. Not in... <sighs> Here's why I was disappointed. Kevin Holland got up when he had Wonder Boy down you want you want to win a fight. I get it, you want to make the fight entertaining, but that told me one thing you're not serious enough about your job mm. you you're you're from now on you are an entertainer. I can't even call you a fighter anymore you're an entertainer,
1: which is fine. you know what I'm saying You kept saying that on Saturday too, not so much about Holland, but just in general that there's fighters and there's entertainers
2: yep. Yeah, they're they're one hundred percent. There's fighters, and then there's entertainers. So Kevin Holland is an entertainer. You know what I mean? Um, he could go into the gym and drill a thousand jabs and a thousand cross, but I doubt he's gonna do that. You know what I mean? I could be wrong. Um, he he could. Uh, I know he boxes a lot. He's got good hands. He is has he has great hands. You know what I mean? But the difference is Wonder Boy's in the gym. Drilling a million jabs, a million cross, a million kicks. You know, uh, he is through and through a martial artist. And that's the difference between martial being a martial artist and being a fighter. You're a fighter, you're tough. You have a tough mindset and you could fight through certain adversities. Mm. Now, being a martial artist is being able to take the onslaught and being calm and then dishing out the onslaught and being calm. Now, when you can fight, when you can combine... Uh, adversity and calm. You have the uh, the calm aggression effect. You know what I mean. Um, certain people like Izzy. They they have that. You know he can be calm and aggressive at the same time. Then there's people like you. Got your uh, which is name? He went to bare knuckle boxing. Mike Perry, who definitely not calm. No, he's he's <laughs> he's a fighter. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. But you put a little bit of calm in him, and he's phenomenal. But that's why he is a killer. At bare knuckle, he should. There's some fighters that should just be in bare
1: knuckle, and that's the one. Mike Perry belongs in bare knuckle. Yeah, and he's had some success already. Yeah. Do you think anything? There's any truth to fighting in front of a crowd and then not fighting in front of a crowd, like the a- being in the apex and then being out in front of fans? Because that Orlando card and then this one this weekend in Vegas, like it's going to be in front of eighteen thousand people, as opposed to being in the apex. And you were telling the story about hearing, oh, day, oh, day. Like, oh, yeah, man. Sometimes… That uh, adrenaline dump, right?
2: Yes. You never want that adrenaline dump. And I made that mistake my last fight, you know, because I walk out and the crowd's like, oh, day, oh, day, oh, day, oh, day. And when I tell you getting drunk off of the crowd is a real thing, every fighter can relate. Maybe not every fighter. I can't see could be you know, letting his emotions get the better of him, but a lot of fighters can relate a fair percentage of fighters <laughs> yeah. Yeah. can relate to getting drunk off the crowd where you know what I'm saying you come out and the crowd's hyping you up and you literally feel like you know as soon as i hit this guy he's just going to turn into smithereens like he's going he's going to turn to dust i'm going to hit him one time and he's just going boom and the fight's going to be over and you walk you know you walk off like denzel washington in training day you know that's <laughs> what getting drunk off the crowd is like cuz that that energy that comes in is amazing now when you're at the apex you know, I think a lot of fighters rely on that too much.
3: Because
2: mm. um, during COVID, the crowd isn't there, and you're like, "Oh, it's a weird feeling." But for me, honestly, it's all about who you are. Um, I got distracted that fight, but typically the crowd doesn't really face me. If there's a crowd or if there's not a crowd, because I'm me, I try to dial into uh, the word. The word again I'm going to use is that cerebral mindset where I don't, you know, where I can get into my flow states. So I try not to let the crowd um, distract me. Which one do you prefer? No fans or fans? Oh, man. I would say it's a bittersweet. So there's a positive and a negative for both. And I'll I'll tell you what it is. So with the crowd, you do have that, you know, um, the fans being there. And it's like a super, super hype card. And um, you get the momentum from the
1: crowd, and it's just the energy is just amazing. Well, I, I wanna I wanna add more to that too, in a way because I feel like ever since COVID happened, even these fight night cards in, like Columbus, yeah. Orlando, Long Island that yeah. they had over the summer, yeah, it's not a pay per view, mm-hmm. but it feels like it because yeah. we didn't have exactly we didn't have fans there. Yeah. So going watching an Apex card, bro, and then watching like a random card in Austin, Texas, you're like, holy shit, this is wild. It's a pay-per-view, basically. Right. No, 100%. And
2: that's like, the that Orlando card was damn near one of the best cards of the year. I would have never thought. Yeah. I would have never thought. I would, for real. That card was damn near one of the best cards of the year. I was like, wow. You know? But yeah, man, With when the fans are there, the energy is right. Hey, man, you go out there and, and you feel like you are Superman. Now, the downside is when your coach is talking to you, sometimes it gets difficult to hear, you know. So you you really have to zone into your coach's voice and stuff like that. So sometimes if you're, you know, in the fire, it gets a little difficult with the crowd yelling, you know. Sometimes you you hear some somebody telling somebody else to rip their nipple off. and <laughs> <laughs> Dick twist, right? Yeah, that was right. One that, that <laughs> went viral.
1: Yeah, rip his dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, so how does it, how does it feel to uh, to like knock someone out? Because you've gotten a finish in the UFC. I've gotten two, two. Damn, I just disrespected you. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't no, make no. me feel it. <laughs> uh, uh-uh. it's not even no. It's not even that. Um, honestly that, though, I, go ahead. What could that be? What could you equate that to in any other sport? <laughs> I feel like there isn't, bro. Nah, is that that's literally mano imano. mano.
2: Yeah, but. Again, it depends on who you are, right? When I am, again, I'm using the word cerebral, meaning I'm fighting at like a higher elevated, uh, higher elevation, right? My thoughts, my senses, everything is super heightened and elevated. When I'm there, no one can fuck with me. Nobody, nobody. I don't care who you are. You're not beating me, you know? Um so when I get a knockout in that mindset, in that frame of mind, for whatever reason, I don't get like amped up. I'm I'm so calm. Like I just go over and I just kneel, and like I I'm I'm, I'm like it's like coming down. I'm I'm coming down because you're literally, it's like, I know this sounds bad. Walking out and you're you're in a gunfight with somebody. You shoot somebody in the face. You're in a gunfight with someone. You shoot someone in the face, and then after you get done shooting someone in the face, you go do an interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I hear what you're saying. You know saying. what I'm saying. So I like I don't I don't know. It's hard for me to come back out of that mindset sometimes. So I'm just, I'm just very I'm very calm. So after I get like a knockout, that feeling is like okay, I did I got my job done. Now 30 minutes later, I'm like, man, that was so awesome. That was so good. That well, was yeah. Dope. You
1: allow yourself to. Sort of understand and elaborate what you just did, yeah. Which is why, like, are, are you a football fan by any chance? Like, do you follow? I was,
2: I used to, I played football and everything. Um, so the only time I, I try to follow was when, so one of my good high, high school friends and uh teammates, uh, Jacoby Brissett, he plays for the Browns, he's the quarterback. Oh, for the Browns. yeah. Uh, when he plays, I'll watch, but I don't watch too much as much anymore because there's just too much watching fighting has just made me realize one thing. There's way too much that that goes on in football. Like, just get after it. Let them play football, man. Like, in fighting, you put two dudes in a cage, you put two guys in a cage, and we're trying to get after it. That's it. Ain't nobody you know, throwing a flag. There's no whistles. There's, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you might get an eye poke or a nut shot every once in a while, but come on, man. Let them get after it.
1: It's a football game. The reason why I even mentioned that about football is because even if you weren't watching like that, you've definitely seen the clip of that dude, Richard Sherman, when he used to play for the oh, Seahawks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he makes the greatest play of his career and then immediately they put a microphone they, in front right? of his face. And it's yes. like, Richard, how do you feel? He's like, I'm the best corner in the game. It's like, he got a lot of heat for that. Which is crazy. How, They were calling him… They're they're like, how dare he? They called him a thug. They called him all this shit. And it's like, bro, this guy just made the biggest play of his career. And he's still on the field in uniform. And they put a mic in front of his face. It's like, yo, he gave you a natural reaction. And and to bring it back full circle… Casuals. Is what what you said, though, about how, yo, I just knocked someone out. And then you're being interviewed. Still in the cage with your gloves on, sweating.
2: Yeah. It's like… So it's interesting to see, you know, for me, it's interesting to see the people like, you know, the Kevin Holland who get on the mic and they're like ah, and you know, and they go that that shows me like, yeah, he's just a fighter, you know. There's a a deeper frame of mind that Kevin Holland can possess, you know. Mm. But in my in my mind in my head after he got up and didn't take Wonder Boy down, he's not. He's just fighter. He's he's not a, a martial artist, a student of the game, in my opinion, because of that, you know, I would I'm like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? You we're here to win. We're, what are we doing here? You know? So yeah, man.
1: How do you feel about this car coming up in Vegas this weekend, this pay per view? And one of what I mean by that is what goes into a fighter's mindset when things things kinda get shuffled around. Like uh, guys are pulling out of fights. Cards are now… The last time we were in Vegas for a card, you had the whole Nate Diaz, Chamaev thing yeah. go down. <laughs> and people aren't sure if they're going to fight. or guys making weight? Whatever it might be. So, how do, you, how do you feel about… Two-party question. How do you feel about this 282 card? Mm-hmm. We both have a little bit of an interest because we have friends that are fighting on this card. Yes, But also, like, the main event got turned around. It was supposed to be Glover and Yuri. Now it's Jan and, yeah. and Kalaev. How you feel about all this? Um, again, I
2: always say things depend on who the person is, right? Me, I'm I'm not going to break. I may get distracted, but it's not going to break me. Um, I've had fights where I've gotten to the airport on fight week to go to Las Vegas to fight. And my opponent pulls out. Uh, I was actually supposed to fight Denise Bondar, who I'm fighting next. That was actually pretty funny. So I was supposed to fight him. Like, five fights ago, he pulls out. They're like, hey, man, we can't get him, you know, out of Russia because he's doing COVID. Um, Do you want to go up at 45? And this was supposed to be at 125. He's like, do you want to go up at 45 and fight Jerome Rivera? A week leading up to the fight, in my head, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm a fighter. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So I move up to 45, fought Jerome Rivera, got an 18-second knockout. Then it was great. But some fighters can get distracted when there's a lot of shifts. You know what I'm saying? Because they picture their moment too much. They're like, in their head, their moment has to go a certain way where they get this certain knockout and they get their hand raised and they say the line. And it's, you know, it's too script. It's way too scripted. You can't be like that. You can't be so scripted all the time. Those are the same guys that, when they fight in the cage and their game plan doesn't go their certain way, they break. You know what I mean? You can't be so scripted. You have to have your, your game plan or your moment, but you have to be prepared for changes because this game is not perfect. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, you know, this fight coming up, um, I'm hoping uh, there's the Jay, Jay, uh, Jay Perrin and Raul, Ros- Raul Rosas is a great fight. You
1: know, I think that fight's kind of being slept on a yeah, little bit. It's yeah. not getting as much love because the storylines to it, are fascinating because yeah. I train over at Syndicate. I've seen Jay in there uh, a bunch of times. So he calls me Grand Theft Auto shorts because <laughs> yeah. I got these Grand Theft Auto shorts. So he'll always be like, yo, I, love, I fuck with them shorts. But uh, Raul Rosas, young young buck, 18 years old. Yep. And I didn't know this until you mentioned it. There's a, uh, there's a backstory behind this oh, yeah, like, Oh, yeah. You guys all used to train together. Oh, yeah. We all were at Syndicate training together. Uh, Is it foul if like us two trained and then I leave the gym for whatever… Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. Shit happens. I leave the gym. And then I'm like, yo, I'm going to go fight all day now. Is that like a, is that like an unwritten rule, an etiquette? So there is what's called gym etiquette. Yes. And
2: remind me to bring up Chris Curtis and Joaquin Buckley in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a thing called gym etiquette where, you know, typically if you leave a gym, it's, it's sportsmanship. You don't go and try to fight the guy that you used to train with from the same gym you know what I'm saying but I understand that it's the business you know what I mean and this is a a business sport that guys will do that you know what I'm saying but at the same time um, yeah it's something it's not something that I would do just because out of respect and honor you don't really do that mm. and uh you know we were at syndicate I was with I was there with Jay and and Raul, uh, Raul also super, super cool guy. You know, I know right now he's got a lot of hype and, you know, his confidence is high. Uh, personally, Raul is a really, really nice guy. His parents are really, really cool. Uh, his dad and his mom, they're like his biggest supporters. You know, his dad is one of his coaches. He's there with him. His mom and his dad are there with him every single day at wow. the gym. Every single day. Um, that is so important for a young fighter to have. So important. So important. And this Something, is, like, the youngest fighter ever to be in the UFC. Yes. I never had, you know, my mom and my dad at, you know, the gym where I was at. You know, obviously, for reasons like my mom had to work and stuff and provide right, and all right. that stuff. But he's fortunate, fortunate enough to have both his parents there. His dad's recording every practice, you know, taking notes for him and helping him. And, you know, it's uh, it's good. It's a good foundation to have. So he, he's a young Thundercat. But um, I, I love Raul. But you know, Jay's my roommate, and I do think Jay's more experienced. I do think Jay's the tougher fighter. So I'm swinging uh towards Jason uh, pairing here on this one because because of the um it's just a matchup, you know, yeah, Jay J- J- Raul is good at what he does, but Jay's not the kind of fighter typically that just uh accepts the ground and plays jujitsu. You know what I'm saying? Like when Raul fought whoever he fought last. On the he, contender, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to to like show his jujitsu level and his ego, you know what I'm saying? Which caused him to lose the fight because he he could have just got up and, and and fight him. You know, uh I don't think Jay's gonna play that game where he you know what I mean, uh, wants to go jujitsu for jujitsu. I think Jay's probably gonna try to get back up if he gets taken down.
1: Um yeah, but in my, yeah, in 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 my my nose for this fight, cause I know you're not allowed to, but I'm not a fighter in the UFC, and I, I do like to you know degen a little bit, yeah. you know, to my betting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> bring it <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah,
2: hey, I'll talk about I'll talk about betting. People like you know people are like highly um, suggesting fighters to stay away from the topic for, from betting. I'm like fuck that. You know why I say that? Cause I'm not out here betting. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah. I can talk about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't care. Like what? Oh, like I'm I. You ain't you ain't seen me betting on fights,
1: so yeah. Well, with, with Perrin, I think I think he's had the tougher road. Also, like he fought he fought Batista. Yes, yep. he's a beast at one thirty five, man. And I, I look at that. Do, do you look at that with fighters? Like oh yeah, you're. Oh, your, uh, definitely. Like you have strength to. Resume. You Not have to. Of schedule.
2: You have to. Even uh um, Arichi Lang. Arichi Lang is slept on. He's actually he didn't he didn't have a good start, but. That guy is good. Yeah, Arichi Lang is really good. Like he is polished, and uh, he didn't have a good start. He didn't have a good start, but he's good.
1: Uh, yeah, I bet. I bet Jay early, early on, like when the lines first came out for that, because I'm looking at it like, yo, he's felt a better competition. Mm-hmm. I think Rosa still like, bro. There's, there's levels to this, right? You're 18, mm-hmm. like. And and unless you're this like wonder kid and you're really all, you really are everything yeah. that we're hyping you up to be, by all means, fine. I'll I'll learn the hard way by losing my money. But for the most part, I think the size should be. I think the line is mispriced. I think Jay should be the favorite.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think um, Roses someday will be a problem. Yeah. I think yes, he will be a problem in probably about three years. He will be a problem. Uh, right now, I don't think he is that problem. Um, you can. I'm not saying he's not good and he doesn't belong. He's really good and he does belong. He does belong. Yeah. I I 100% think that he's belong he belongs and um if you build him right, he will be I think he could be a UFC champion someday. Um there's just certain things uh attributes that hasn't grown in yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, he's still a kid. So his man strength hasn't developed yet. So he's going to he's going to be fight, fighting you know, um, guys that have that strength. Not right now because they are going to build him right. I'm talking about later on. Um, But people usually possess this sort of aura about them. Um, I don't know how to explain it. So the dude that fought on Contender Series on the same card as as, uh, Rosas, actually. What was his name? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Wrestler guy. He just got into the UFC game. Not sure. They put two guys in the new UFC game. Joe was, Pfeiffer? No, Raul Rosas uh-huh. and the other new guy off a of contender series, the one that with all the hype on his name.
1: I'm blanking right now.
2: He's got all the hype on his name. I, I didn't um, really
1: watch a contender like that. I did watch the Rosas thing, so I, I might have, I should have been able to, to see that.
2: Yeah, they actually wanted him to fight Kamzat, but something happened. But yeah.
1: Oh, dude. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. Yeah, I didn't Bo even Nickel. get to type it out when you said the Hamza thing. That's what rang the bell. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I think the difference is some people when they get into
1: the uh, UFC, um, we can't get crazy too, man. Like I, I think like there should be a like climbing the ladder kind of yes, thing. Yes. Because also you could put your. That's why you see like a lot of boxers. Yes. They'll show up and they're like twenty two and oh, you're like yo how I, I just yep. hear about them now, but it's like you're being worked in mm-hmm. unless there's a backstory like Pereira and Izzy yeah where man. he only gets that title shot because of that kickboxing 100%. background going all the way back 100% I, but it, go ahead no nah, no nah, i was going to mention something else but you could finish it no i was
2: going to say uh when you when you look at bone nickel and you're around him he has a certain uh aura about him that is just it's uncanny you know what i'm saying it's like his energy you can feel that confidence that just kind of um it's just there he doesn't have to Really bravado around to let people know that he's that good. Um, striking, I don't know his his wrestling. Like I said, you can tell he is. It's there. Um, his mentality is incredible. If you ever get a chance to meet him, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Just by mm. by talking to him, uh, you 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 can feel it. It's a certain feeling. Whereas you know, uh, Rosa still has a lot of distractions. You know, you can kind of see. A, I'm not saying he's distracted. I'm saying he has distractions in his life. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Not saying he's distracted. Saying he has distractions because he's so young. Yeah. He's yeah, getting yeah. you know. There's gonna be girls. There's gonna be all kinds of stuff. So that's the only thing that is in his way. And if he if he can get past those distractions and and keep on the same path that he's going, he's gonna go up, man. He's gonna do some really good things.
1: Now, what about a fight like Patty Pimblett and Jared Gordon? I'm um, Everyone I'm, knows uh, my backstory with Jerry. That's yeah. one of my good friends. We grew up together in the same town. And uh, he actually came on Veterans Minimum before he signed with the UFC. This is a super throwback. Like the OGs oh, of yeah. the show. Oh, yeah. This is when he was at <laughs> CFFC. And uh, he had told us, like, we all pulled up to his fight at the Borgata. They were He was fighting for a CFFC. He had told us, he's like, man… Uh, Matt, Sarah, and Dana White are gonna be at the fight. They yeah. were doing the Dana White looking for a fight kind of thing back uh-huh. then. And uh, ever since then, bro, like I was always a UFC fan, but yeah. once like Jared got in, we're like, all right, now we got yeah. now we got skin in the game. Yeah. And we'll tell them, like, yo, this guy coming up, you might be fighting him. And we'll send them like advice and shit. He'd yeah. be like, yo, I appreciate what you guys are doing, but like, I got coaches for this also, like trolling <laughs> us too. Yeah. But dude, yeah, man. This is a fight, Patty Pimblett. If you look at the marquee, it's Ankalaev and Blockowitz mm-hmm. for the title. And then the line underneath says, Paddy Pimblin's pay-per-view debut. <laughs> not against Jared Gordon. Like, yo, you're not even <laughs> yeah. showing love to our boy. Yeah, man. And And look, this has been going on for a year because even before Paddy came into the UFC, mm-hmm. he had mentioned Jared as like a fight that he wanted to showcase himself and… It's one of those things where, like… They've been going back and forth respectfully. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is going to be a. I mean, everyone knows what side I'm on. Yeah. But, like, as a neutral… Yeah. I think it goes back to the combo we were having before… About those guys that come out so explosive early on… And they're dangerous. And then, as the rounds go on… They become weaker. Yes. That's kind of how I
2: feel this fight. It it can go that way. It can go that way. You know… it's gonna be interesting because uh, I used to train with Jared at Rufus Sports, and Jared is a damn good fighter. And to the casuals, they they think that Patty's just gonna run through him. Um, I might be a little biased because I have trained with him, but I've just I've seen what what he can do and his ability. So he he is a threat. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going with Jared. Once again, because I think I'm I'm biased and I have emotional skin in the game, <laughs> but uh, I think he'll surprise a lot of people. I really do. I really do. Jared Jared's a tough, tough, tough sob. Um, Patty though, I will say one good thing about Patty man: when he gets in the cage,
1: he's dialed in. Mentally, he locks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. You could tell it's like yeah. the, the switch. Like he has yes. his fun because. Yo, I can't front. His walkout is pretty popping. Yeah, man. Like, he gets he the whole it. crowd into it. He kills it. You know, like, I'm going to be a little conflicted when right. Patty's coming out. I'm going right. to be vibing. I'm like, no, no, no. We need this guy he to get it, murked, man. you know?
2: And not just that, too. He's actually, like, a really great guy. Uh, I've actually met him and had a conversation with him. He's a really nice guy. Really nice guy, uh, you know. um, Another guy that's on the card that I really enjoy. He's one of my favorite people. Um... Not just in the in the fighting rule, but more so personally, uh, Darren Till. When I first came out to Las Vegas about a year ago, you know, I was I was like, oh man, you know, I'm not sure about if I'm gonna like Vegas, how it's gonna be for me. I'm nervous, you know. I gotta leave, blah blah blah. And I moved out out here, you know, during COVID, so we weren't at the apex. We were at the um uh the building across the street from. No, no, I'm sorry. We were at the Apex, not the PI. Okay. We were at the Apex at the time doing strength and conditioning. Now strength and conditioning is back at the Performance Institute. But before it was at the Apex. And so, you know, I used to do my sessions at the same time uh, Darren would do his sessions when I first moved here. And I knew, I've knew of Darren since, you know, I was training with Tyron Woodley at Rufusport, And Woodley was going to fight. Darren. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I've always been a huge fan of just the way that he talks and... You know, he's not talking shit. He truly believes the things that he said and that he says. And I've always been a huge fan of that. And, uh, you know, he just came over to me one day and we just started talking and started talking about music and all kinds of shit, man. And he's actually very, very mature for his age. I I thought he was much
1: older. I, I'd forgotten that he was so young. I think he got his title shot at like 26?
2: Yeah, he did. 27? He was, yeah, but yeah, he, he was a young buck. Very mature though, man. Yeah. Uh, so we, we hit it off and… No man, we've just been, we've just been cool. Good. He's a really good, good mate, man. He's a good lad, bro. We've been cool for, um, since I met him, you know, and today I saw him for the first time in a long time because he was here actually for like a couple months, uh, rehabbing his injury. Yeah. And he left, went back to the UK. And when I saw him today for the first time in the locker room, I was like, oh,
0: what up, bro?
2: Oh, yo, you know, we just, it was cool, man. It was cool. Except, you know, he was naked and I was like, oh, I'm, okay, I'm giving you a hug right now when <laughs> your dick is out. All right. <laughs> oh, that's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, he has an interesting fight this weekend too, man. Because it's been a little bit of a layoff for him as well. I think his last fight, he's had the issues where he got hurt and then guys dropped out of fights, which is always, like, so annoying. And, yeah. and, and I get it, man, from the fighter's perspective. I feel like you guys take those fights because… You've spent your money on your camp. You've mm-hmm. you've you know spent your time preparing, and there's no payoff unless you hit weight, and then you you get into the case. So I know. what's I before we get to like the main event? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did want to ask you about what go. What's the thought process between you're preparing for your fight? Us two are supposed to fight two months from now, mm. and then three weeks out, two and a half weeks out. I hurt my ankle. I got to pull out the fight. But you've just committed five and a half weeks of training. Do you want another opponent? Is it opponent depending? Like, this guy's a little suspect. I should be able to take him anyway. Like, what's the thought process of that? Because we've had a lot of fights on this card mm-hmm. play out that way. Where guys have been in these camps, Nibio. he's fighting Alex Morono, who mm-hmm. also, is there a like a win-win situation for a guy like Morono? I mean, it all depends if somebody was…
2: If you were already… So, me personally, uh, I like to have a certain system. You know what I mean? And if I have hit all of my marks, my style should work against anybody. So, it
1: don't matter if I'm a wrestler or you're… That's
2: the only thing that I would say is different. If I was fighting uh, predominantly a striker and I did a striking camp… Then I would say, nah, uh, I'll, let me let me let me go and have a, a wrestling camp. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Because it's different muscles, man. And it makes sense. It too. does. It doesn't matter what your knowledge is or how much shape, how good you are, and or how much you are in shape. If you're fighting a wrestler and you've been doing striking this whole time, your those um, finite details and and everything is not going to be there. You're not going to be as sharp. You got. You want to be like boom. You got. You know what I'm saying? You want to have those muscles like sharpened. You can't go into a fight dull with, with
1: dull wrestling muscles, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get, you know what I'm saying?
2: Smothered and covered like Waffle House.
1: <laughs> what do you got in the main event? We got Blockowitz and Ankalaev. Two guys who, to me, I feel like Ankalaev, since I first saw him, was like the uncrowned champ of 205. Like, yeah. I felt like it was only a matter of time before he got the belt. There's yes. a couple of people that I felt that way. About… He was one of them. Makachev was another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adesanya up until he got his ball. It's like, yo, once he gets it, it's going to take… It's going to take something really special. Yep. And Usman too. Like, I felt like Usman… No one could beat Usman, I felt like, at yep. 170. Unless he got caught like he That's did, true. right? I don't
2: feel that way with, with Pereira though.
1: Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Like, isn't that weird?
2: Yeah. It's weird, right? Like, he's so dominant, but… I don't feel that way. Because he… You know… Uh, in in his in his Swiss Army knife, in his Swiss Army set, he's he's missing the uh the scissor in his Swiss Army set. Mm. You know what the scissor is? What? Wrestling. Yeah. And so it's different, right? Because here's why. If he had done wrestling in high school or even middle school, I would have been like, well, you know what? Well, at least he, you know, he's he's got the bases down. So all they got to do is just brush up on his bases or whatever. You know, if you, if you wrestled in high school, then I'm like, okay. If you wrestled four years, you still got your bases. You just got to brush up. You just are rusty. But he doesn't, they have to teach him certain things to do. Mm. And then they have to practice what they teach him. It's a different thing, man. It's, it's so different. Um, so in my opinion, if you were to fight Kamzat, it would just be mauled. Kamzat yeah, right. would completely, people like, oh yeah, but the weight. Oh man. Kamzat would maul him yeah. on the ground. Like, when you watch his fight versus Izzy, it was like Izzy wasn't even, like, holding him down with anything. Just nothing. He wasn't holding him down with nothing. Kamzat would maul him. Now, they put him up against strikers. Then, yeah, he'll be champ. He'll be champ for, you know what I mean, for a duration of the time.
1: Styles makes fights, right? Yes. Yes, but yeah.
2: Kamzat's not the one. I, I I wouldn't be looking to fight Kamzat if I was him.
1: You happy you don't got to worry about that, right? <laughs> Who? Me? Yeah. Nah, man. I wrestled in high school and in college. So, I, all I got to do is sharpen my blades. You know what I'm saying? I was saying? about to say, like, the weight difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely lucky. You know what I'm saying? Like… I feel you. I like the honesty there. Yeah. I got Inka live winning this fight, though, man. I feel like it was only a matter of time before he got his chance at it. Uh, Jan, I think… Is his first fight in a while. Also, he's getting up there in age. Though it doesn't really matter as much for the heavier guys. Yeah. As you move up, it seems like we saw DC have success. Mm-hmm. Stipe was pretty old, also, and uh, even now Glover, who was the champ yeah. prior to all this stuff going down, I think Ankalaev is the guy who he he has like a complete game. I feel like when I watch him, I think he could wrestle. I think he could strike. Also. And Jan, we know about the Polish power. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think it could be neutralized. And I, the fighters also… Like, you know when you're finding a guy who has knockout power, right? Like, you know that… Yeah. I. It's hard for me to… Because both those guys have so much power. I don't really know
2: who's going to win that fight. Mm. You know, because that when you are good at what you do at that weight, it's hard to, for me, like, pick one. Because it's different where you have, you know, abandoned weight. You got two guys who are knock hard artists. They could still that fight could still go the distance. You know right. what I'm saying? But uh, it's hard because in this fight, it's pretty much whoever connects first, like with the with the hard shot, is going down. In my opinion, I yeah. Think, I think who can whoever connects whoever can connect first with that cross is putting the other person down.
1: Yeah, I I could definitely see it, man. It's <laughs> always like so tense with them when them big guys yeah, are yeah, swinging yeah. like that. Cause it's weird, cause like. The, or the, hook, yep. Yeah, like the the bigger weight classes, it seems like it's that one hit and it's so kind of telegraphed, but yeah. it still can't be seen. I know what you mean. Where like like your weight class, 125, 135ers, you guys are like throwing like bah, 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 yeah. so quick. Was, yep. And then like, it's… I don't know. It's so weird, but it's fascinating, man. I love
2: beca- it. it. It's, it's because uh, force equals speed times mass, right? So when you have a mass that's bigger, like Francis or… Uh, Stipe, you know what I'm saying? Especially, look at the size of Francis's arms. You know, it's going to take a lot of force to move his body from point A to point B in a split amount of time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus a smaller guy like myself. You know, I can move through the air like a, like a bee. You know, just... Yeah, because I'm not as big, so I don't have that much mass to carry. You know, and even in boxing, you know, the heavyweight boxers... They look fast because that's their craft. That's what Mm. they've been doing their whole life. But if you compare a heavyweight boxer to a boxer, you know, that's at 35, shit, it's not even a comparison. You know what I'm saying? It's like a a, a drop of water versus like a fire hydrant. Yeah. (laughs) You know?
1: Hey, man, this was fun. I appreciate you pulling up. I would definitely love to continue more. Have you on another time where we could chop it up, maybe hear more about your backstory because… Yeah. This is more of like a vibe too when I have this show. I like yeah. really… I'm fascinated by how people think and like how they're wired. Mm-hmm. And I have the utmost respect for people like you that actually fight. Like at any level. Whether it's amateur or, or to the UFC for you to go get locked into a cage. Like I think people like to throw the word savage around because they do some deadlifts. Yeah, man. But it's like nah man. You guys are real savages. And yeah, and I, I tip my cap to to guys like you. And I appreciate your time coming on. The uh, floor is yours, dude. Plug where people could find you and all the stuff that you got going on.
2: Nah, man. If you guys uh, want to check out my podcast, I just released a new podcast. It's called Wagwan with Ode Osborne. And Wagwan, I'm Jamaican. So Wagwan means what's going on. You know, so my podcast has awesome guests, you know, Claudia Gadelia, Jamal Hill, Joaquin Buckley. I've had Chris Curtis. I've had Jay Perrin. I've had Montel Jackson. Who else have I had on there? Um, Cheyenne, the ba- uh, uh, Blissmas, uh, I've had Casey O'Neal, you know, the list goes on. So it's just like actually, it's a vibe kind of like this. So you guys check that out. Also, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Oday Osborne. Um, that's pretty much about it, man. I appreciate you you have me on this place, man. I just want to, at the end of the day, be able to use my gifts to inspire someone who is watching me that feels that you know what I'm saying? Because fighting saved my life. You know what I mean? Uh, <coughs> fighting saved my life. It, it 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 was able to take me out of the uh, the societal way of thinking. You know, being a martial artist. That's why I talk so much about being a martial artist. You know, I want to inspire other people to be a martial artist. At the end of the day, it has nothing to do with fighting. It has everything to do with uh, you as a person and how your growth. You know, the kind of seed that you plant is the flower that you're gonna grow. And the flower that I want to grow is a a flower that helps people. Uh, I don't know how yet, but hopefully, I I somehow inspire those who watch me.
1: Man, I wish you would have said that at the beginning because I got so many things I want to follow <laughs> up on. But we'll get to uh, we'll get to my guy Jarrell Harris with some NBA talk, and I'll have you on again in the near future. Definitely, man. Thank you. Joining me now is one of my favorite people that I've had a chance to meet in this sports media game or life that I've become accustomed to now. Also, the last person, ladies and gentlemen, who I beat in a game of one-on-one basketball. You're telling
3: false? <laughs> <Jerelle> <laughs> You're telling Fibs already? Jerrell Harris in the <laughs> building. What's up, baby? What's good, bro? You're telling Fibs already, bro. <laughs> Hey, listen. If it wasn't taped, it didn't happen. Yeah,
1: and they don't need to also know until now that it was a two out of three and I got my ass whooped the other two games. But I did get that one W. (laughs) And you did also press me and challenge my manhood on that. You checked the ball. You're like, yo, let's play.
3: I mean, I'm ready to play. I'll go out to Vegas and hoop right now, bro. Just let me know. Hey, man. How you holding up? I'm good, man. Can't complain. Um, Been busy with the NBA season um, and also having fun with the World Cup as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen the world cup tweets. I'm excited about that. I like, I like seeing people getting into soccer. Uh, I do want to talk NBA with you. That's why I brought you on. You're my NBA guy. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really talk much NBA though. I've probably watched a lot more than I have in recent years, mostly because like I also left New York. So now in order for me to watch the Knicks, Mm -hmm. I got league pass and I haven't had a chance to talk about it much on the show because it got caught in the middle of the world cup. Uh, football's been crazy and also just all the changes that are going on with me over here but i I do want to start a little bit with the world cup man is this something that you kind of just jumped in because it's something popping going on now are you a fan of soccer do you follow it like where are you at with it
3: i'm a fan of soccer um i'm not i'm not as big as a fan like as you you know like you will follow like every single like epl match um but i do know like a lot of players, and I enjoy it. Um, obviously, I'm tweeting more about it during the World Cup. Um, a couple of years ago, I had like a free agency uh, for the EPL. I was like, "What? What team wants me?" And I landed on Chelsea after all. <laughs> after all these tweets, um, but yeah, it's been good to follow.
1: Are you enjoying the World Cup? Is there anything that jumps out to you? Like, because I always yo, yeah. so I like I like people like you in that sense that. Yeah, you're not like a diehard, but you respect it and you, you are tuning in. And I feel like oftentimes we're so close to whatever sport we're super passionate about that we might not see little details or certain things that you'll see as a bystander just kind of walking by.
3: Yeah, like I have fun with it, man. Like I know that soccer is, is, is the biggest game in the world, so you have to respect it Um and it brings everyone together and i just been enjoying watching brazil like kick everyone's butts (laughs) it's been fun
1: yeah they were my pick coming in bro because like this is the when brazil's it's one of those things where it's like when the knicks are good when the yankees are good um Mm -hmm. when uh, i'm trying to think of the like when the cowboys are good as much cowboys even though
3: we don't like them but right right you got
1: to (laughs) be honest right like when brazil's good bro it just makes the whole sport better and They were my pick coming in because they're so stacked with talent. And, like, you just see the dudes, they got guys on their bench, bro, (laughs) that it's, like, wild to Mm -hmm. me that they could just go and just pluck them off the sideline and be like, yo, you know what, here, come in. And you're like, yo, there's no drop-off. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, I'm a bandwagon uh, PSG fan uh, because they sent me a bunch of gear over the years from Jordan Brand. Um, So I kind of root for Neymar and Mbappe. um, And I want that matchup, like, Brazil and France in the final. So. Hopefully,
1: it happens. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things that you see in like these major international tournaments, bro, is you can tell who plays club together because there'll be times where, you know, like in the beginning of the game when they're shaking their hands, they're in the hands there and then and the anthem that they always do, or after the games they'll exchange jerseys, and you'll see like the guys that they play on Spurs together. Like you saw, um, I was about
3: to I was about to say like Son and um, Rich and I forgot his last name. Yeah like yeah. having that moment and yeah. that was like pretty cool to
1: see yeah like that yo that's my favorite thing from international soccer that you mm-hmm. always see and now you know brazil is going to play croatia and like venetius he plays with uh luca luca Modric. they play on mm-hmm. Real Madrid. so like it's always mm-hmm. those things that you see that are that are so dope man but outside of brazil and the france thing uh, is this something that you think you'll be maybe tuning in moving forward after? Like you're going to dive into more PSG or what do you think?
3: You can be honest with me, bro. You won't have yeah, yeah. my feelings. No, 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 definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, I do want to follow uh, the EPL more. Um, Cause a few years ago I did like stick, I said Manchester city first. Then I went to Chelsea. Um, But I have uh, a good reasoning for like Chelsea because they also like invested in a program in Harlem called Harlem FC um and like they built out like their jerseys and like they build an infrastructure for them so i was like i'm rooting for chelsea all the way now so hopefully we'll see when a season
1: yeah no nah, that's dope man i didn't know about that the harlem the harlem thing that they did and also like they got an american guy on there right now too which is also dope uh yeah. i think if you want to if you want to follow a team bro that like is not your chelsea manchester's leeds is pretty dope because they got two Americans and I've heard Tyler Adams, I know I, I saw some of your tweets and some posts about Tyler Adams like he you know he's the captain for the US team so it's been fun man it's been fun were you disappointed in the USA?
3: Yeah, I was about to get to that. Yeah. I'm proud of them. Uh they made it far. They just don't have a striker, bro. Like look at like these other teams like having like an Mbappe. Like you could tell like the talent difference. Like you can see it. Um, but if they had that guy, they, they'll be good. But yeah, I'm disappointed in that aspect.
1: Yo, It's, it's amazing to hear that from you. Like I said, because that's exactly the issue and for you to see it is mm-hmm. like, bro, it's crazy that that's the issue. Right. Cause you're right, man. The
3: Bro, you gotta is, respect my soccer knowledge, bro.
1: Yo, why am I dumping on you? son? that's
3: foul. <laughs> Dang. <you laughs> call me a casual. <laughs> no, but yo, on a serious
1: note, like that's, that's the biggest absence. Like everywhere else, I felt like they were really yeah. strong. But when you get to this stage of international soccer, bro, it's you have one or two chances. And for the most part, you've seen these teams bury them. And then it's a wrap. If you yep. don't have those guys, it's a, it's a huge gap that you have to try to make up. But enough with the soccer, bro. Let's get into the thing that you love the most, and that's hooping. Let's get it. <laughs> Yo, so everyone's pretty much played like about 20 games. 2023 ish is like the sweet spot for all these teams, but it's fair to say it's been like a quarter of the season through. What would you say has been the biggest takeaway for Jarrell Harris for the first 20 games of the NBA season?
3: Mm-hmm. Biggest takeaway is that there's finally balance in the NBA, it seems. Uh, every team is hovering around the 500 mark, it, it seems like. The Jazz are above the Timberwolves. And you have these other teams like the Thunder who's, like, thriving. You have the Pacers. The Kings are doing well. So, it's like, we finally don't have that team that's like, oh, they're going to win the, t- the title. Um, so, it's it's exciting for an NBA fan. And the regular season was missing this sort of thing. Like, having every team in a running. So, that's been my biggest thing.
1: I mean, dude, if you look at, like, the standings, right? You got... You got the Heat; they're eleventh. They were a team that was deep in the finals, conference finals last year. Yep. You got teams like the Bulls, who were the Cinderella story last year. They're struggling this year. When you go to the West, you got Golden State, the defending champions. Right now, they'd be the 10th seed. Lakers are ten and thirteen. If it wasn't for AD going absolutely ape shit the last couple of weeks, just going mm-hmm. bananas, and sort of like. Y'all must have forgot. Because I feel like we forgot a little bit yeah. about AD, bro. Don't you we think? We forgot
3: about him. Like, all, in, all the injuries, bro. That, yeah. That's what happens. Um, but I'm happy that he's showing, like, his talent. Um, you know, we he kind of got lost in, like, the Giannis, the Jokic, and the Doncic, like, talks. And now we've seen, like, he's this world-class talent. Um, the other day, he was like, they must not not see me in New Orleans, like, his game back then. But, hey, I'm happy for him.
1: Yeah, but I think that's the biggest That's the biggest issue, right? Like, dude is just outside of the bubble year, And I wonder how much of that COVID happening played into him being healthy because they did take like a two-month break before picking up the yeah. season again. And then you saw him be so dominant, and they don't win the title without him. But then the story of his career is like, dude, just he'll start playing well, then really well, then MVP level well, and then he gets hurt and it'll be a nagging yeah. injury like it hasn't he hasn't mm-hmm. had the season ender but he's had the 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 left ankle right hamstring issue that's going to just play the rest of his season
3: yeah and like the lakers don't have that depth like as soon as he goes down like it's over and that takes a lot on lebron as well um like just ha- trying to do it all by himself so man i don't know what to think of the lakers uh, but they're They're looking good now, and Russ has stepped it up a bit um, in a six-man spot. So,
1: Dude, that was my biggest thing coming into the season, where it got to be hard for a guy like Russ, who was the ultimate alpha everywhere he went, to now be asked to take a different role, which to me, like, the six-man role, it's just a label that we throw on it to make it sound cool and to reward someone, because for the most part, like, if you're closing out games, you're a starter to me. Right? Like, last... Last five minutes of the game, if you're out there, like the Ginobili thing, like Ginobili never started with the Spurs, but like, yeah, he's the ultimate six man, bro. But Mm -hmm. he's, he's...
3: I mean, like James Harden used to come off the bench for the Thunder as well, Um, like starting out. um, And he definitely wasn't, no like bench player. Um, He was a star. So with Russ, I'm like happy that he took this step, you know, and like know push aside his ego and now he's like showing us like i can lead like the second unit because it wasn't a good fit with him and lebron at all
1: no it wasn't and it wasn't until he took took it upon himself and maybe forcefully also like dude yo we're all we're all guys right we have egos we have pride and to just constantly be on the internet or just in interviews being asked about your game or you're no longer this guy. Like I'm sure his, his probably got hurt. This guy was an MVP. Yep. He was one of the top players in the league. And to be asked to take a lesser role, I think it took some time. And once he embraced it, that's why you saw that the Lakers season, dude, it wasn't like two weeks ago, they were like plus 500 to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And now it's even money. So it just shows you how much shit has shifted in favor of them. There's still a long way yeah, to go. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It saved his NBA career, in my opinion, Um, like just coming off the bench, because if he didn't like the way things were going, like, who knows, like who would want Russell Westbrook? Like no team was trading for him. They did not want that contract. So it's tough, but I'm happy that he turned it around.
1: My, My buddy, Joseph, I think, you know, Joseph, he used to work at Complex also, Soul Savvy. Uh we, we got a lot of mutual friends. He made a comparison. We we did NBA players to World Cup players and he did uh <laughs> Russell Westbrook as Cristiano Ronaldo. Obviously Ronaldo's yeah. way more accomplished like hardware wise, but dude, that was a pretty good comp, man, because like Ronaldo had his fallout at Manchester United. Now he's no longer with him. And it's that I engine- mean you see that contract now though. <laughs> yeah, it'd be easy for me to leave it's also. Different. Yeah, that's different funny. <laughs> But, yo, like, it's difficult. It's difficult for you to be an aging star and be told to have a different kind of role when you thought you were an alpha. And to me, one of my biggest takeaways, and these are always weird because I feel like these are subjective as far as what you thought your predictions or takes were going to be on this team. But, bro, I really like this Pelicans team, man. And I was high on them coming into the year. I don't know if it was you that was on my show where we were talking about, like, next season, and I said, like, the Pelicans could be a sleeper, sort of this year's version of Memphis. Memphis came out of nowhere last year, and all of a sudden, they're a two-seed. And I felt that way about the Pelicans, because if you looked at what they closed out the year with, with CJ McCollum coming in, and then you had Herb Jones, our boy uh, GTA, Alvarado, he's coming Mm -hmm. off a Mm monster game, a career high, and you're looking at all those pieces that they had, and obviously Ingram... And then you throw in that you dangle that Zion piece, where if he could get yep. implemented into this, like yo, this team is gonna be serious. And they were fifty to one, yeah, and now they're and now they're the they're fifteen and eight. They're the second seed. And this is a two parted question, and I know I've kind of went on a little bit, but Jarrell, what were your expectations for the Pelicans coming in? Because to me, this is the biggest takeaway, but it also isn't because I, I I was high on them coming into the year.
3: Yeah. Um, like what you mentioned, like, there was like the Grizzlies, they are the Grizzlies of this year, um, like taking that next step, because you've seen what they did um, in the last postseason against the Suns. Um, like they had them shook. And then you add Zion to the mix, and that talent, and <clears throat> excuse me, and he's back in shape. It's so like, the road is theirs now. It's um, so it's gonna be interesting to see. And I love GTA. That's, that's my guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. It's you know he he's another one who we, because we didn't see him, and because he got hurt, we forgot. And it and it sucks, but it's also like a sad reality. I think if you're an athlete and you get put that injury prone label, that if you do go down, people forget, and then they want to wait and see. Was it an anomaly, or or is this really gonna dictate where your game is gonna be like, Mm -hmm. and they they've been fun to watch man they're like a league pass team for me that's actually good
3: they are man right like you saw the other game when he had 38 the other day
1: that was that was that was beautiful to see bro and alvarado had like 25 or 26 a career high recently like <laughs> within the last weekend no that's what i'm saying yeah oh, yeah 38 oh 38 oh even more jesus so i, I yeah. must have been bugging then because the reason why mm-hmm. is like yo every team needs a guy like that who he's yep He's kind of, like, annoying to play. He's that dude at the park that you hate when you're against him, but you love him when he's on your team because you're like, all right, yo, Scott plays, like, way too hard defense for a pickup game. Like, it's not that serious, bro. I mean, he's a,
3: he's a New York City guard, bro. Like, what do you expect?
1: <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact, man.
3: What would you say has been a, yep.
1: a letdown for you through the first 20?
3: Biggest letdown has been the Timberwolves. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, after that trade, like. I don't know if I
1: hear you on the letdown, but, like, you, you thought that was a good trade?
3: No, no. I said after that, well, I mean, I wasn't the biggest Rudy fan. But you have, like, Anthony Edwards, who, you know, is taking that next step. You have Carl D'Angelo. Um, Jaden McDaniels is, like, really good. So I expected them to, like, do much better, you know, than they what they're doing now. And then, like, to have, like, the Jazz actually outperforming them. I did not expect that at all, so I think that's the biggest letdown right now. Yeah, I th- but you could throw the heat in there as well, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think you're onto something by saying like, if you compare the two teams, it's definitely a letdown, right? Because Utah, yeah. Utah gave up Rudy, and I think they'd make that trade any day of the week because all the stuff that you got back for Rudy Colbert, I don't think you get that now, knowing what we know. Right. And to give all that up, it's like, bro, what is, what could Carl Anthony Towns go for on the open market or, or a guy yeah. like, uh, I mean, he would never get traded, but like a guy like Giannis, right? Like if all that stuff was for Rudy, you're probably going to add like four times that.
3: That's, that was the Kevin Durant uh, problem. Yeah. Like that's why he couldn't get traded. Rudy messed up everything for him. <laughs> it's like, if Rudy's getting all this, what does KD get? And, the Nets' ask, asking price was it was too high. No.
1: Yeah, and bro, that happens in all sports. It's like, yo, if this if this quarterback signs for that much money, like what? It's what was happening to Lamar Jackson right now, and all the issues that were yep. coming in into this season. It's like, bro, Kyler Murray got the bag, Josh Allen got the bag, Deshaun Watson got the bag, and we know about all the craziness that's going down with him. But it's like, yo, Lamar's won an MVP. He's won more games than everyone else. He's been stable outside of last year. Where he missed the last five games and guess what bro they were the one seed before he got hurt and then (laughs) when he went down that's why they weren't the one seed and they don't make the playoffs and it's like yo if all the guys that i'm grouped with are getting paid i'm not gonna get paid when i'm more accomplished than all of these guys and then it's the same thing with like the rudy gobert thing with kd it's like bro i'm i'm way better of a player and i impact the game way more than what rudy does rudy's an amazing defender but when you're not out there bro in the last 5 minutes cuz you're a liability because of your offensive scoring it's like I'm not giving up all that for you and then
3: you like exactly yeah and then
1: <laughs> and then Utah's you know 14 and 12 where everyone thought that they were going to be just a nightmare and they're playing good ball
3: yeah i mean it's still early in the season so like that tanking thing could <laughs> it could still happen um like i'm pretty sure like around the trade deadline like they're going to trade like their veterans like Clarkson or Mike Conley so we'll see. Um, but, hey, they're surprising everyone.
1: I want to ask you about this, uh, that dude, Victor Wembanangyam. I butchered that name. How do you say his <laughs> name, bro? I butchered that Wem, name.
3: Wembayama? Yeah. Wembayama.
1: <laughs> All right. I- I'm not going to edit uh, that. I'm going to leave that in there because it's authentic over here at Veterans them But, yo, bro, <laughs> how, how good could this guy be, man? Because I hear these takes of, like, bro. I would – Would you rather win a ring or get him on your team? And, like, to me, that's Uh, crazy.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm winning a ring um, because I'm competitive. But he's, he's like, he's different, bro. Like, we haven't seen something like this since LeBron entered, maybe. It's like Zion is up there. But, yeah, Victor just checks all the boxes. Like, the other day, he, like, swatted a shot that went down the court, did a step back, and hit a three. My man is doing like off like the knee, like hitting threes like that, bro. He He's different.
1: Yo, like the size, the size is crazy. It look, it looks like a video game, bro. Yeah. Like it really looks fake what mm-hmm. he's doing out there. It's wild. And I've only seen highlights, but I've become more infatuated with the conversation around them because I saw these posts of as a fan, would you rather win a championship or have the rights to this guy for the next 10 plus years? And it's like, bro, on paper, what he could be sure but you never know a rolled ankle his size like the track record of big guys Mm -hmm. like that they just always go down bro and it's not even it or anything it's just it's concerning yeah
3: yeah i was about to say it it comes down to health like he has everything else if he's healthy he'll be like a great nba player um but as you can see with like someone like chet Holmgren, who's like missing out the whole year for the thunder like that's like he has all the talent in the world, but these guys are like so fragile. It, it's it's pretty tough for them.
1: What do you think of the Pacers, bro? Yeah,
3: they they have something like like Tyrese is really really good, and I'm like s- still mad that a lot of teams like passed up on on him in the in the draft. Um, like a team like the Suns could have had him, but they picked Jalen Smith over him. Like just imagine Tyrese on that team right now. It wouldn't be fair, um, and I was shocked. Well, everyone was shocked when the Kings traded him. So he, he's talented, man. And then Benedict uh, Matherin is—he's a beast too. Yeah, like very slept on. Dude,
1: they got—they got a bunch but, of guards that um, I like. Like even uh, the kid yesterday that I had thirty-one from Gonzaga. Yeah,
3: Nimbard. Nimbard. like really bro, good. They got—they
1: got so many guards and. Look, they're 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 like kind of in the mix. I think they're an interesting team that can maybe I wouldn't say tank, but they got pieces that they could collect more assets for if a team comes knocking on the door as like a contender. Like that would be a team that you could go and get someone that could start on in your playoff rotation.
3: Yeah, like Miles Turner or Buddy Hill, like well, those ma- are great guys that you can move. Well, like Miles
1: Turner has been in trade packages since like he got into the league, bro. I feel like he's always <laughs> that's true. He's always true. been in the discussion. But which
3: isn't if he's ma- on a contender though. Yeah, he, he's pretty good. Like he can hit threes, he can block a lot of shots. He just needs to stay healthy. But But, yeah, he's been in trade packages forever.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad thing if you're like, that was a CJ McCollum thing. Like every year he would come out and be like, yo, why you guys put me in all these trade packages? Like, bro, you're the only person that they want off the Blazers because they're not going to be able to get Dame because the whole objective of this like fake trade scenario and pieces that the Blazers could give up. You're the only piece that anyone would want. So it's not that they want to get rid of you, bro. It's just like in the topic of the conversation. Like who else on those Blazers teams would you want as a building piece? It'd be it'd be McCollum when you can't go and get Dame. So that's why I always found those funny because yep. I feel like that's the same thing with with Miles Turner. Like he's bro, he's he's dead ass been in trade packages for like five years now. Like every year, he's in-
3: yeah, he wants to go to the Lakers bad. Yeah. <laughs> like you saw his his comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, I, I think he ends up leaving.
1: I don't know if it's for the Lakers, but. I think eventually he's. Gonna
3: yeah, it's gonna be tough because that would be that will be tough if like they traded for Russell like at this point, I can't see that.
1: Lakers got no bread, bro. They got nowhere else <laughs> to think of. No fine draft picks, money. nothing, yeah,
3: nothing, nothing. Yeah, uh, like we ran a story a couple weeks ago about like potentially like trading Anthony Davis, like just to get some access like that for like the Lakers. Um, but now he's playing out of his mind, so <laughs> that's probably dead now. But yeah, it could have been something. Well,
1: yeah, I had told one of my buddies, I was like, yo, it's not going to happen. And, and this happened over like us drinking a couple of beers and we were watching the games. I was like, yo, you know what the Lakers should do? They should, they should trade LeBron. He's like, nah, it's never happening. I was like, yo, I know it's not going to happen. But like you said, they got no draft picks. They got no money. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you could be able to create a little bit of flexibility and being able to build a franchise. They
3: came and trade him this year, though. That's the thing. It's in his contract. He can't get traded this season. Oh, uh,
1: Damn! So he really got him by the balls.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> hey man, give me <laughs> give me a player in the league that uh, deserves his flowers.
3: Oh, this is a guy that you probably never heard of. You, you ready for it?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I want. The Greek freak,
3: Giannis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you played me. No, because I was hoping, like, so I always, no. I always do this thing where, like, I'll ask someone about an X factor, right? Like, one of the, one of the big things that I yeah. do during the offseason for football as a way to create content and sort of, like, evergreen stuff I can record in a couple weeks in advance and post it is when I do division breakdowns, I'll be like, yo, give me an X factor for the AFC West, but you can't tell me Mahomes, you can't tell me Herbert. Give me, like... Give me, like, the third wide receiver or, like, the backup running back that comes in for blocking. Like, give me someone shady that no one's talking about that deserves his flowers.
3: All right. So this is pretty tough. Um, I was going to give Shea, uh, JoJo's Alexander, his flowers. Um, Mm. He's not, like, this shady figure or anything like that. But he's, like, playing out of his mind and deserves an all-star spot at this point. And if he wasn't on the Thunder, like, We'll be talking about him, like, as an MVP candidate right now. Um, So he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, Do you have anyone in mind?
1: Well, SGA had made my list because he's third. I had a couple. Uh, One of them was, like, an obvious one, and I was going to defend it a little bit. But, like, SGA, he's 31.3 per game. You're right. Like, if he's not on the Thunder, it'd be he'd be in a conversation of being as like one of the top five guys in the league right now. Like, bro, I always think about this and I know, I know it's kind of like being biased because I'm from New York, but like, imagine if this dude was doing what he's doing in Oklahoma city at the garden, right? Imagine if I was talking about this recently, imagine if Justin Fields was doing what he's doing with Chicago on one of the New York teams, bro, they'd be flexing out Sunday night games to get the giants or the jets on there, especially with them being good. And it's like, bro, It's magnifying 10x if you do that in a big market or in a team that's, like, winning also. I love the SGA call. Uh, One that I was going to mention, and this was going to be the one that I was going to defend a little bit. It's, I think it's because now I'm in the West Coast, and, like, it'll be a random Tuesday at 730, and I'll be watching the Mavericks. Like, bro, Luca's even better than I thought he was.
3: And, like... Wait, you just... I know you you didn't bring up Luca after all that. Well, yo,
1: listen... That's why I said, like, how you said the Greek freak before, and then you started laughing as, like, giving his flowers. Like, Luca gets all the attention and all that. I'm not saying that's not where I'm going at with this. But, like, bro, it's a travesty that they're wasting his prime with what's around them in Dallas. And that's what I mean. Like, he's getting the attention and his flowers from everyone. But I feel like the organization and the guys around him are not Giving it to him also.
3: Yeah, I mean, they could still win games. Like you saw what they did to the, the Suns the other day. Um, and then they beat the Nuggets as well um last night. Um he he's a world class talent, bro. Um he could do everything. Um they just but like you said, like he's missing that second piece. Like if he had like an A D or I'm trying to think of someone else that would be like that could play second fiddle to his talent. But if he just had that one guy, they could definitely be championship like contenders for sure.
1: That's why the conversation around him always like winning MVP has been wild to me because I don't think the team is good enough to get him like the top three seed or to be a top seed in order for you to get the accolade. Because like, bro, outside of Russ, like you can't be a six or seven seed and win MVP. You just can't. Like the history of the NBA tells you that. And for them, like, they're the same. I seven. mean,
3: what was Jokic, what was Jokic um, standings? Um, where were they at last year? They, were, they were
1: the four of the five. So, I mean, mm. close. Yeah, you're, you're right. But historically, like, it got to be something, like, really special in order for you to get that. And, like, Luka's having a monster season, yeah. too. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There's just something that, like, it, it bugs me when the organization doesn't do right. I don't think they're doing right by him. Because then if he gets up and leaves, you know what the people in Dallas are going to do? They're going to burn his jersey. It's like, bro, I just gave you so many yeah. years. And, like, the best thing you got mm-hmm. me was Porzingis. Congrats. Like, <laughs> come on.
3: Yeah. Um, but another guy that you should be on the lookout for is, um man, Simons on oh, the Blazers. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when, like, when Dame sits out with, like, an injury or a nagging like, injury, um, he steps up big, and he can score the ball. Um, and that team is playing really good right now. So,
1: but not even not even this year. Yeah, like if, last year when Dame and McCollum were out, and like he was just dropping yeah. thirty pieces on people like day in day out. So yeah, he's a he's a he's a problem also, yep. man. Hey, last thing I want to mm-hmm. ask you about the NBA, bro, is what's going on with Golden State? Are they just on this NBA championship hangover, or should you be? Yeah, concerned? NBA
3: championship hangover. I'm not concerned whatsoever about the Warriors until it's, like, playoff time. Um, they'll be all right. Uh, like, they had a lot of distractions in the offseason, you know, with, like, the Draymond stuff. Um, and everyone is, like, getting back into shape. Like, Clay's getting back into it. Um, some of the younger players haven't, like, progressed as they want it, like someone like James Wiseman. Um, but as he gets more reps, I think they'll be okay. They're champions for a reason. So, I'm not concerned.
1: Last thing, has anything changed for you from what you thought at the beginning of the season and then now through like 20, 25 games as far as who you think is going to win the title?
3: Uh, man, I didn't know the Celtics like I knew they were really really good, but damn, like they took it up another level. Like Tatum is like probably the favorite for MVP right now. Um him, Luka, or Giannis at this point? But they're 20 and 5 right now. Their offense is they was known for their defense throughout these like past few years, but like, their offense like, has taken like another step. And so, they're a scary team. So, I don't I can't see anyone in the East right now that could could beat them in the in the finals in the conference finals. So,
1: hey man. Tough. The, and it's crazy. Like you were talking about Golden State's offseason. Like, it's not like Boston had a smooth sailing with what happened with the coach also. And Exactly. and, and Tatum Tatum was my pick to win MVP this year. He was also my pick to win it last year, but the thing that yep, I know the thing that that uh, stood out was at the All Star game last year, he went to Embiid and said, "Hey, big fella, I hope you bring it home this year." Talking about the MVP, because he's like, "Sorry, next year it's mine." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh." Okay.
3: That's what we want.
1: That's what Mm -hmm. we want. Yeah, man. Everyone's all lovey dovey and whatnot. And he's the last of that, like Mamba mentality. He was a Kobe protege also. And he honored him in that playoff game too, which I thought was super dope. But I think now if people are doing it, it's kind of like cloud chasing. Like it was super organic when Tatum did it. (laughs) But like now if someone did it, I find it a little cringe, but they've, they're a team that like, they've been through the, they've been through the wars and the battles, bro. And I think last year, yep. them losing the finals and, and Tatum had some big games, but I also feel like he might have lost a couple of games for them too, which is weird when you try to like nitpick at the guy that got you there to be critical. Like the Yankees just signed Aaron Judge and it was like, yeah, I remember Yankee fans booing him in the playoffs when mm-hmm. dude was like carrying your whole team, right? So it's a weird dynamic yep. when a guy is the reason why you got there, but then also might have been the reason why you lost too. And them coming around this
3: year Yeah, he has some nagging injuries in the finals. Um, and their turnovers is what killed them against the Warriors. So hopefully they turn it around. Um, but I'm happy for them. Um, not the biggest Boston fan, but <laughs> they're exciting to watch. Yeah.
1: Nah, for sure, man. Yeah, and I, I think I think coming in, I had Boston and and uh, I thought Philly would be a little bit better. They've been fascinated to watch mm-hmm. how like depending on the night you tune in you're like yo this team might win the finals and then the next night you're like yo they might not be the bobcats i mean the hornets like it's it's bobcats Bobcats, super throwback hey man (laughs) uh when are you coming out to vegas bro
3: man i need to i need to make it out there bro um just let me know and i'm there
1: summer league we gotta do something what
3: do you recommend what do you recommend
1: man I'm. I'm, give
3: me some spots you know i'm a big food guy as well
1: oh there's a place to be then bro like, the food is, mm-hmm. yeah, I stepped on the scale last week. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been eating well, man. I got to start doing some more sit-ups and doing a little bit more cardio because <laughs> the boy's getting a little chunky with the holidays. But uh, there's some good spots, oh, man. Yeah. They're not paying me anything, so I'm not going to mention them on air. But I'll definitely send you a couple of recommendations <laughs> for sure.
3: I got you. I hear that. I hear that.
1: Hey, uh, I'm proud of you, man, with the Sunday Watch Club. That's been beautiful to see grow and uh, all of your success, man. I'm rooting for you as always. Uh, you're one of my uh, favorite people that I've gotten to connect with and uh, thank you for your time I know I have to push you back 5, 10, 20 minutes but uh, you always deliver for me bro and I appreciate you
3: yes sir I appreciate you brother I'm I'm happy for you as well
1: thanks man where can they find you on social media
3: Uh, Jarrell Harris um, on Twitter (laughs) underscore Jarrell Harris and then you can also follow Sunday Watch Club on Instagram as well
1: let's go I have a Sunday Watch Club OG on on this pod. I'm gonna have another one on the next pod, too. It's like I can't even though I moved, I can't get away from you guys. <laughs> you always family, bro. Yes, sir. All right, man. I appreciate your time, bro. Yes, sir. At Nick Day is 10 is where you can find me at Veterans Minimum, where You can find everything for the show. Check out All the content coming out on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And we'll catch you guys
3: next time.